Listen. Konbanwa, Anime Otaku Show Yokoso. Good evening. Welcome to the Anime Otaku Show. You may have heard these words before, but I'll teach you what they really mean. Remember, we will be discussing all episodes up to the ones we talk about tonight. Anata go supporter o kinishi nanara soyo. If you don't mind spoilers, welcome. Anime Otaku Show, episode number 13. I'm your host, CJ Starchy Elastic Dough Boat. Joining me, as always, are Josh, I'm 18 at Hart McGrath. Eternally. Carrie, damn Hellcat Wilcox. Hi. Justin, why would you do that to the Midoriya scrotum? Carol. <laughs> That's me. Uh, fuck, you changed your nickname without moving it down to Delbert. Um, Delbert, uh, CJ forgot you. Uh, I had to add that in there. Riding a Pearl Pegasus stand. <laughs> oh, it's Delbert fried salmon skin. Yes. Or fried, fried salmon skin. And of course, keeping everything alive and not at all interrupting any parts of the intro. It is Raul. Hello. Oh, man. It's been a couple of weeks, you guys. Holy shit. Yeah, it has. And the internet exploded twice. Yes. I have notes to prove that I exploded, by the way. We'll get there. Uh, but before we get into what we're talking about, we have an email! Email! Here's a mail that never fails. Oh, sorry. Makes me uh, want to wag my tail. That's okay. I just went into, we got, we just got a letter in my I head. So. <laughs> want to wail. Atashi no tegami. Atashi no tegami. Whenever I think of email, so. All right. Uh, Carrie, why don't you give us a read about what this email says? So this email is from Matt M. Hi, y'all. Just picked up this podcast via Justin. I am his new cousin-in-law, and y'all convinced me to pick up <laughs> Darling in the Franks. I'm enjoying it, seen up through episode 15, but also I've got some thoughts on it. I am of two minds on how to think of Zero Two. She is clearly a victim of abuse, and this fact completely informs her character. Victims of child abuse often engage in high-risk behavior in their teens, which includes early sexual activity, often with multiple partners, which maps well onto her. Also, people who experience abuse often perpetuate that abuse towards others. She is abusive to A, her partners, she clearly cared little for her dead partners, B, her friends, see episode 14, and C, uh, authority figures in general. Point A especially applies to Hiro as she demonstrates certain abuser behaviors like bullying, isolating Hiro from his friends, withholding intimacy unless she gets what she wants, etc. I'm torn because I am not sure how much of her behavior I should attribute to her agency and how much I should consider it a direct result of her abuse. The show wants me to think she is badass, that she is sexy, and that she is in control in a manner unlike the other pistols. I wonder if they also want me to excuse her abusive behavior because of her backstory. What put this into perspective for me was what happened in episode 15. We, as the viewer, know that Hero and Zero Two need to be together because otherwise the story is effectively over. Nevertheless, consider this situation episode 15 to real life. If you had a friend who was in an abusive relationship with, 
it was it, it would be smart to try and keep your friend away from that partner. Under normal circumstances, the Plantation 13 crew were completely in the right to keep Hero and Zero Two apart, but the show has other ideas. I find it somewhat troubling. Also, I'm not sure I'm buying into the angle they are setting up that Hero can tame her. Having a woman who is a victim of abuse be saved by a presence of a male love interest is pretty weak, and also not realistic when it comes to being in a relationship with someone who has lived through such experiences. There is relationship maintenance that is necessary, and I am not entirely confident that the show will address this properly. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Go ahead and read the plug. Okay. <laughs> also a shameless plug, I have a podnet podcast called Lightning Strikes Dice, where we are playing through the Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy and related games. Some of your listeners might find it entertaining. LightningStrikesThrice.com. Regards, Matt M. Normally, okay. Hey, they get points for using the word thrice. A couple things. Right. Uh, one, yay, nepotism is the only reason why you got a free plug. <laughs> also, you're our first email. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a little bit more willing to put that in there. That's not normally going to be the case. Just putting that out there. Uh, two, also because you're our first email, I put the entire thing in, and there's a lot that needed to be put in there. However, try not to send us novellas in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you are well, you are more than welcome to, however, record something and send it us send it us send it into us at geekioshow@gmail.com. Put anime somewhere in the subject title, like uh, like Matt did. Um, that will be a lot more willing to you know play as long as you keep it under sixty seconds. We're good. Um, so, other than those couple of disclaimers, who boy this one? <laughs> we got uh, hot takes. We do, and I should have put this closer to when we were going to be talking about Darling, Darling in the Frogs. Because hey, I, it's number one on our list, my dude. Uh, no, it's not. What? Did somebody move it? Or RTFS. If we, oh. the thing, the thing ah, is, is that we, right. we wanted to to give Matt a shout out at the beginning of the show because hey, first email, first email, hey! and thank you for sending that in. Um, yes. I definitely think he raised some some really good points and will want to get into it. But the problem is, is that so much happened in Darling and the Franks that if we open the show with it, that is all we will talk about. Yeah. Yes. As it okay. is, we may want to break, uh, take a break before Darling and the Franks and just have that happen in the second half of the show and talk about like Love is Hard for an Otaku next show. Because there's a lot to, to, go, to go over in that. Agreed. So that is uh, executive decision time. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll we will go through your email in depth uh, after the break on the second half of the show. So, Matt, stay tuned. We will not forget you, but we want to give Darling and the Franks, 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 Franks. Uh, all of the love that it possibly can. So we're going to dedicate the entire entire second half of the show to it, including your email. But, Justin, what else are we talking about tonight? <clears throat> well, tonight's shows are My Hero Academia, Season 3, Episode 2, Wild Wild of Pushy Pets, Season 3, Episode 3, Coda, Food Wars, Season 3, Episode 14, Onward, The Totsuki Train, that weird episode title, and uh, Episode 15, Jean d'Arc Rises, uh, Magical Girl Ore, Season 1, Episodes 1, 2, and 3 of Transform, Ode, and another. And then later, Darling the Franks, episode 14, Punishment and Confession, and episode 15, Jian. All right. Uh, okay. So let's get started with My Hero Academia. 
Um, okay. CJ, I just wanted to give my disclaimer. Oh, wait, no. That's not for this show. I have a disclaimer <laughs> about Shokugeki no Soma. I am completely okay with these two episodes. Continue. <laughs> so, hey? Really quick, I want to uh, I want to give a shout out to Shoku, uh, not uh, to My Hero Academia because the Wild Wild Pussycats, you notice their fourth member is a little different from the others. He's so extra and so fabulous. I love. He him. is canonically a trans man. Oh, that's awesome. He was assigned female at birth. That's awesome. Uh, and I, then transitioned and continued to be a member of the team. I hope they get into that in the show because they're not afraid to touch other things like that. But Tiger is just the greatest thing ever. <laughs> right? Is Where is your plus ultra? <laughs> you have not got the plus ultra yet. Um, so I'm happy. I'm so happy that Funimation puts these shows out very quickly because I got to watch the dub of them. Yay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I don't care what you guys say is my preferred way of watching this show. Like I, I watch, I, I watched several of them in the sub, the voices for some reason, I guess just because I started watching it in the dub, I just not what I want. So um, they thankfully get these out like two days after they air in Japan. So by the time we're watching these, by the time we're air- talking about these, uh, the, both the dubs are up and that makes me happy. <laughs> Good. Um. I'm guessing we're going to hear more about Giren, the the villain broker guy. Uh, no, no, he's just there. Like he's... No. Yeah, I, no. I kind of forgot he existed. Yeah, I forgot he existed. To be honest, <laughs> I was like, "Who's this guy?" Oh, he's kind of like Launch. No, okay. yeah, he's kind of like Launch. So it sounds uh, like somebody who should be important and then never appears again. Blessed be Launch. I I also love how um so the in the in that first episode that that we're talking about today the bus stops on their way to the camp and everybody gets out to stretch their legs and then they get launched off the edge of a fucking cliff. Yes. Yeah, something something um not uh, sure hope they sign the permission slip. Right. Um, yeah liability lawyers in this universe must make a shit ton of money just from all the the legal fees that they would rake in from creating these waivers and disclaimers yes um though like i've loved everything about this show all four bits of the wild wild pussycats are the best thing to be introduced to this show (laughs) like i love my show I love my show and bullshit, but these guys just add a level of flavor that I was not expecting. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's about as extra as you can be extra, which is completely and totally desired. I, I'm yeah, I'm good with that. Like, although Mineta, why are you just the worst? <laughs> because he's the he's, worst. Because he's the worst. They, why? Literally, literally, in the words of the television series that we are watching as a group of friends. Yes. Mandela is just the worst. Tiny embodiment of lust. Uh, so, you, uh, I was going to say, um, oh, say uh, what I was originally bringing up was I think that was something that Aizawa planned separately for Class A, because when you see Class B come in on the next episode, they didn't have any of that shit happen to them. They were just getting started the next day. 
Oh yeah, right. Eraser Head is just absolutely like, yep, I'm a fuck with these guys. And you can tell, like, you can see how he is smiling. Like, he absolutely fucking loves his job and he loves his students. Yeah. Even yeah. though he is super, super, like, just completely deadpan the whole time, that's just his personality. That's how he expresses himself. But he has a heart of fucking gold. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, well, if you look at his character bio that happens on the on the on the screen grabber, I can't remember what that's called. The, the eye catcher. Uh, eye catch. Yeah. Um, he doesn't love his students. He loves cats. <laughs> wild, wild pussy cats. That makes a lot of sense now, actually. Yes. Why he brought them there? Probably strictly so he can look at them. He's got some real serious lust. I, I love how like um I, I I honestly only remember Tiger because he is just the best thing in ever created. Um blonde girl's name, how she's freaking out about the boys and uh Bob. Yeah. And, and uh and Auntie is just like, yeah, she's she's ready to have a mate, so <laughs> Eternally eighteen. Eternally eighteen. Uh, I do like the translation change, by the way, um, to uh, what, did, what did you just do to, or why did you do that to Nidoria's scrotum, to a punch to the scrotum is unforgivable! Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> thanks, funny. <laughs> I like mine better. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're both right. Yes. I, yeah. Ida continues to be the most responsible of boys. Oh, yes. He's He's best boy. Actually, no. We actually know who best boy is, but we'll talk about him later. Yeah. Yeah. God. Um, So, uh, it's it's a training arc. Yeah, it's a training arc. We love training arcs. Yeah. And in Shonen, you pretty much have training arc directly into big event, uh, big fight, which we're going to get. Oh, my God. I was not expecting I, mm-hmm. at the end of this episode. Right? Wait, you, With Kota? Yes. Oh, yeah. The Kota the feels train just smacked into me, man. Like, oh. No, it smashed into you. Yes. At about 5%. From an area in Detroit that actually, uh, an area in Michigan that actually has water. Ouch. Oof. <laughs> um, Hot takes. Uh, Hot takes. Can we also can we talk about uh, Todoroki actually using his life experiences to empathize with Kota and explain his situation to Midoriya just from hearing about it? Yes, like th- that is that is a proper way of getting shit done. Uh, why do you call yourself otaku?s Because we are otaku. <laughs> um, um, like he 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 went from being. Uh, you know, completely oh, frozen. Sorry. <laughs> he went from being, you know, completely frozen and walled off to like empathizing with a random a stranger bit. he's never met. Yes, warming up uh, a little bit. Um, what? What? Oh, Justin is doing things and making noise. Uh, <laughs> sounds like he's rattling around a tin can. And tin can. Oh, wait, is that? Am I making that sound? That was absolutely you. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Um, fuck. Yeah, it, w- it was great. Like, 
you know, maybe you just talking to people isn't always going to work. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, there are some situations you can't charisma your way out of. <laughs> is there no, is a reason why charisma is only an is only one of the attributes? Uh, Takna jutsu is not always one hundred percent effective. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's, I mean, this episode was the like I love watching, you know, Eraserhead. Like, I was fully expecting him when uh, when Bakugo was tossing the ball to erase his power to prove a lesson to him, and then he didn't have to erase his power to prove a lesson to him, and that's the sign of a good teacher. Like, agreed. Delbert, you're real quiet on this one. You're covering everything that needed to be covered. <laughs> there wasn't much happening in these two episodes outside of a training arc. Yeah. Other than the you know, the end of the second episode. Yeah, yeah. end right. of the second episode is where stuff starts heating up. Uh, yeah, Literally. I mean, I, like, I have a, I only have about a half page of notes on two, and I have a quarter of page notes on three, because there's not much to talk about in both of these until the very end. Oh, there's about to be. Um, <laughs> And literally two of my three notes is uh, I love Tiger and Tiger is the best. (laughs) I really do love the animation quality when, um, God, I forget his name. Uh, Villain with the weird colored bottom half of his face. Um, Uh, What? You mean Todoroki's brother? (gasps) Oh, fan theories. Oh. Dobby, yeah. The, 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 the animation when he's spawning those blue flames everywhere was so fucking pretty. Yes. Um, I and, Am I the only one like non-manga readers because fuck you guys and your hipsterness. I completely forgot what Mizuku's um, parents' quirks were. <laughs> they don't get referenced much. Yeah, to be honest, dead, especially because we still have not seen his fucking dad. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's he's all dead. might. It's all might. Yeah, <laughs> there's too many I... dojins of it to not be true. <laughs> uh, ahead, well, I mean, to be fair, blood does not make a father, and Midoriya's biological father is either dead or he's one of those traveling salarymen who's literally never home. Exactly. I mean, like when they were going, when he was talking to, uh, when he's talking to Coda, like he's like, "Why did he try breathing fire and te- doing ke- telekinesis?" All right, Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah. Honest, honestly, I'm 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 a manga hipster for this series, and I had forgotten his parents' quirks too. <laughs> I had forgotten that his mom even had one. <laughs> right. They're referenced like twice, and yeah. You, you tend to forget because, you know, you think that Midoriya's quirk in the beginning of the series is him going like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a quirk. That's just his Tourette's acting up. He, no, it's a, lower, got... it's a quirk with a lowercase q. Aww. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he has on-demand seizures for anything All Might related, so... <laughs> he, that's, a, that's just called being too erect. He's the reincarnation of that rabid guy from the Water Tribe. Oh, jeez. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, but so yeah, yeah, I mean, All Might is clearly a father figure to him without being blood-related, just because, you know, 
first th- first response is what would all might do and it's yeah. not because he's a fan of all might it's because of the bond that they have yeah absolutely and i think like that's the biggest thing with bakugo and uh todoroki they like they may be suspicious of what his his power may be linked to all might but both of them are probably very jealous that he has an interaction with this guy and they don't they have no interact. They especially Todoroki doesn't have a re- doesn't have a relationship like that with anybody. Yeah, I mean, Todoroki is still learning how to have relationships. Yeah, and Bakugo is probably not able to have them <laughs> because rage issues. Uh, you should see his mom. Oh that's my god! All I'm gonna say that's that's, that's all you can well. say. Is she explosive as well? Her personality is. <laughs> yes, it is. Nice. Oh, lordy. Like, I swear to God, I, I, I can't remember if they did confirm or not that she's a former Yankee. Oh, she I would has not to be surprised. Nice. But, but yeah, as much as Bakugo is a little asshole, she takes negative 20 fucks from him. Negative. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, so anything else on My Hero Academia's uh, beginning of training arc and end of a training arc, and now we get a big battle with the... Oh, uh, it's going to be real good. I really do love the random-ass exercises they showed them doing. Like yeah. sitting Todoroki in a bathtub or <laughs> making Bakugo stick his hands in boiling water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you two just smack each other around a whole bunch. <laughs> I like I like he's I like Midoriya's just ah, ah. <laughs> and then you have uh Tokoyami Revelry in the Dark. Revelry in the Dark Revelry Revelry in the Dark. He said it again. <sighs> Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> Revelry. <laughs> I, I, I do I do kind of want to watch uh him his training with Dark Shadow. Like that would have been really cool to watch. I think it would have been taken this to a nice proper horror element. Like, well, oh, we got. Uh, stay tuned. Keep in mind, it is dark outside. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. I am so excited for episode th- episode four. Like, it is I am so stoked because as much as I like the training arcs, like this show does fight so well because it is not just what a punch it really hard. Like, there's always not just physical conflict, it's a conflict of ideals. Exactly. Like, Stain is one of the greatest villains ever created. And it's not because of his evil power. His evil power is cool, but like what he represents as a as a ideological nemesis to them is astounding. Mm -hmm. It is how you say lit. And this series is really good at showing growth in more ways than just I'm a punch a training dummy real hard. They do occasionally. And you'll see like, you see all throughout the entire series, Midoriya sitting at home talking to his mom or whatever, talking to his friends on his cell phone. And in one hand, he's got weights. Yeah. Like you see the characters grow as people. You see them begin to reference things that have happened in the past and extrapolate on how to handle what's happening now. Exactly. And when they do have to do a training montage, it's okay, cool. Here's them doing stuff. Now here's let's move on. And and they make a point to, and they even spell it out, make a point of, Hey, you know, 
it's not just your strength that needs to be enhanced. You guys need to know more about yourselves or else you guys are going to fail. Like you are not going to be proper heroes. If you don't know how to operate your quirk, which is a muscle. Like, right. Also poor Bakugo though. He can't, he has to have some kind of weird nerve damage because of his, uh, his quirk. (laughs) Boiling water over and over again. I'm wondering if they don't have like, adaptive sort of mini quirks that help them withstand stuff like that their bodies are their their bodies are like 100 percent made to work with their quirks three's yeah, wine i mean much. mina doesn't mina doesn't melt herself she can yeah. slide on her own acid after all by the way shout out to her being fully comfortable in her body at the hot spring like every other girl right. like when code is watching she's like hi <laughs> like Hi, friend. That 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 is her in a nutshell, though. No, it's her right. in a bathtub. <laughs> no, that 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 is that is three hundred percent her character. She oh yeah, absolutely. Self self assured. Yeah. Also, did you guys notice that? First of all, it's great that they had Kota on lookout in the bathhouse. But in the second, um, in episode three, when everybody's in their sleeping bags, they actually tied Minita up. Yes, yeah. he, he's in a sleeping bag burrito that is tied up, and it's beautiful. Oh man! Uh, all right, so uh, enough of that training arc. Let's get into the literal training arc. Okay, so so I, I think I actually did say this two weeks ago. Um, uh, this is my least favorite arc of Shokugeki no Soma. Oh, by far my least favorite arc in the entire series. I hope that they change i mean not change content but up the pacing on this yeah because like there's not much to say about these two episodes like aside from playing on yet another fetish with you know arena sensei right yeah like like, i mean that's i i don't like the pacing of this arc as it as it was originally written so i hope that they adjust that however i do love the content of it like these past couple episodes and even starting in the first half of the season, we're getting so much more out of Arena. Yes. Right. She's not just the Sundari ice queen. She's starting to thaw a little bit. We're getting into her motivations, into her background, why she's like this. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. And, yep, and, she's yeah. actually the main character. For her, yeah, it's it's absolutely a great thing. But and because she is now the main character, everybody else gets slid to the side. And it's like, even when Soma was the main character, like, obviously he's still the main character, but when he was the primary focus of the, of the show, everybody else still kind of had, like, their growth with him. He was a building point for everybody else. Arena, being Arena, is just, boom! Bitch, I'm fabulous! Carrie... You and I are the only people that know. Shut up! So, okay. (laughs) So, okay, quick thing. That's all Um, I said, I'm done. Having um, Arena find out who Soma is, I think they should have held that a little bit longer. No, you couldn't have had this arc without it. Yeah, like could not she have. Would had not it. have. She would not have done the potato uh, lecture. She, she, she wouldn't have snapped out of what she had. Right. Yeah, she, she she wouldn't have snapped out of her funk because her her, her lady boner would not have taken over. Right. Speaking of lady boners, Mito wants to bang everybody. I love her. 
<laughs> also, I, I made that joke in the second, the, the, the second episode is she wants to give her the Mito. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I am getting increasingly happy about the, uh, I guess, um, increasing uh, velocity that they are launching the uh, Takumi and uh, Tadakoro ship. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the escape velocity. <laughs> yeah, because they gotta go. I mean, Tadakoro and Takumi both want that Soma dick, but you know, yeah, like, I mean, clearly that ain't happening now. Because it's funny, because I didn't get that at all, you know, the first time around that I experienced this arc. But watching this episode, I'm like, holy crap, what is oh, going shit. on? Why is double there, like, date. chemistry here? Yeah. That double date, though. Right? Um, I do, and I do love that, yeah, we're not getting a lot of individual development outside of Arena. However, the ensemble as a whole is starting to gel with each other. Yeah. Right. You're starting to see because originally it was, you know, you had the Polar Star and people, and then you had the Aldini brothers and Soma <laughs> and the, kind of Megami. And then you, you had Polar Star together, and it really sounded like you just said porn star. <laughs> well, I mean, draws <laughs> this, this series. Um, and then you had, you know, like Nikumi and kind of Megami and Soma. And but now everybody's starting to kind of come together as a family and that like i like that a lot i like a strong ensemble and to have a good ensemble you need more than strong individual characters right and then you have escalations off screen like what the fuck when the hell did akira become a fucking adult i did <laughs> i'm sure we're gonna well here's the thing one i'm sure we're going to get a flashback to that in the coming episode two carrie pointed this out to me because i was pissed off about it um <laughs> He joined the Elite Ten to save Mom's research lab. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember when they talked about all organizations not approved of by the Elite Ten will be disbanded? No, what do you true. think was going to happen to the research group? No, right. And so he, he's he's literally saving Mom. And a shit ton of people just got kicked out of the Elite Ten, so someone had to fill those spots. Yeah, that's right. They did split right in half with everybody. Yeah, um, and the and the dissenters got kicked out. Except for Polar Star, dude. <laughs> well, that's because he wrote the rules. Literally. Exactly. Yeah, he he managed to hang on just long enough to write the rules before they ousted him. The, well, they gave him the splash of him still being a seat. Like, it was former seat. Is that former? Former, former seventh seat. Oh. Just like Kuga was listed as former eighth seat. Yeah. Right. Kuga. Kuga. Okay, I didn't see the word former. I just saw the freaking Akira show. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was wondering why so much of the opening sequence was dedicated to him and Soma fighting. Yeah. When he when was they, last season's antagonist. Yeah, and when they did such a big thing of making him, you know, less of an antagonist, at least with Alice, like pairing up with Alice and working with her. Spice Bros. Yes. Yeah, because after a certain point during the Lunar Festival, you don't see him anymore. Yeah. I do that's because he was informed ahead of time of what was about to go down. Yeah. I think that was the case. I love I love the chemistry uh and the and the uh shonen rivalry between Soma and um Ryu. Ryo Ryo? Ryo. 
right yeah rio fish bo- fish bro <laughs> fish boy boy yes who do you think i am <laughs> that was fantastic stop telling me what to do okay <laughs> all right you got it, sam all right so all right so now for the new show we're gonna move on to the new show of these oh my god you guys oh jesus fuck delbert thank you so much (laughs) i don't know whether to thank you i don't know whether to thank you or curse your name for the rest of my life you can do both it's fine he keeps saying shit like this but he did not stop laughing the entire time it's so fucking bad shit it is. I love it. Magical girl Ore, by the way, as Delbert and I try to describe, it is a magical girl show where a fail, a failing idol becomes a magical girl after teaming up with the Yakuza and she turns into a giant buff man because that's the form for fighting. <laughs> Obviously. It makes more has, sense. She has but a she- crush on her best friend's brother who then turns out to have a crush on her male form and her best friend wants to just bang her in any way shape or form (laughs) and you know what i kind of love about this series uh, of many things obviously because i do unabashedly love this series do you guys know of a little thing called the hawkeye project no oh yeah, yeah yeah it is where um basically a bunch of artists in the fandom community as a whole will take um sexist poses situations hawkeye initiative yeah and hawkeye in them yes this is pretty much the hawkeye initiative yes absolutely um i just there's one i like this show is one of those ones and i've said it over and over again I like it when shows play with tropes and make them their own. You know, I'm this running late. Show takes those tropes and does the sort of censored things that get done to these squirrel monsters. Yes. It, it, like, it started off with a, I'm running late. Okay, take breakfast. And in any other show, she would be running out with strawberry toast in her mouth. Nope. Peach pancakes. <laughs> Peach pancakes. Full fucking plate of pancakes. The show basically takes all the tropes you're used to and bashes it over the head with a giant, uh, Magical girl staff. How much strength does this girl have? She's got a full, like, five-stack tall pancakes. Yeah, this doesn't just lampshade uh, tropes. It smacks them upside the head with a sexy leg lamp. See, exactly. With this, though, like, unlike with uh, Pop Team Epic, like, Pop Team Epic was, like, it took these tropes and was, like, angry at them. This is obviously kind of paying homage to them, but then obviously inverting your expectations yeah loving parodies are the best parodies the yeah, uh the, the the cute um mascot i'm cute damn it i'm adorable <laughs> it's i'm adorable look i haven't i have I, I even have a cute uh, vocal tick damn it <laughs> it's so good <laughs> also because we used it in a title Peach Prince. Yes, Peach Prince. So, in in the subtitles, it put or Ore is like the the masculine eye, right? The most masculine form of eye. Yeah. Yeah, like that's what you would expect 
for example, a Yakuza to use. Or a guy who pictures himself as being Mr. Tough Guy. Or even just a guy who goes to the gym a lot. It, it, it is the most macho form of I. So you couldn't think of a better way to put that in there. Like, oh, damn it, it doesn't have a dub yet. <laughs> all her, the, the great thing is that, like, all her mannerisms are the same. They're not, they're not, because she's because still she's a girl. she's not a man. She's yeah, a girl. I know. In a big, beefy body. There is that one part where she tries to speak stereotypically macho, and it's hilarious. Yes. Oh, was... <laughs> By the way, to uh, Sentai fans out there, um, there's a brief moment in episode two where you can hear the Kyoryuger whistle uh, jingle that they use what? when they Yeah. Yeah, when, uh, right after the transformation, when uh, mascot Yakuza dude jumps in and does a little arm pup thing, you can hear that. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty great. Th- th- there's like a straight up common Rider reference in the first episode. It's like whoever is making the show is a Toku nerd. Yeah, well, yeah, and then is... the, 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 the friggin' Moomin Rider-esque uh, dude that shows up at the end of the third episode is wearing a common Rider costume yes. on an electric bike. Yeah, 100%. Mm, like, good point. I, I, I also... It wasn't the common Rider reference in the first episode. It was the parody of Honey Flash. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, I so love yeah, that. whoever's doing the show is Toku nerds, and I love them for that. And that's what is... That is one thing I love because something that, you know, Josh and I have talked about in the past and I don't see brought up a whole lot is magical girl is toku for girls. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Um, also, I do want to point out to uh, in, in episode two, um, fuck you, Shokugeki no Soma. Animating food is hard, so here's a picture of it. <laughs> yes. What was with that? Yes, that's what was with it. I just wrote down. But, but, but again, take something refreshing with you. Full fucking plate meal. Anime because <laughs> I didn't bring any yak weapons with me. That was that was a great one. Yeah, uh, the explosive fucking hairpins. Yes. <laughs> Magical <laughs> grenade! Small explosives either. She like practically orbital nuked those things. Do, do you want the, the magical gun? <laughs> it's got unlimited ammo. I'm surprised <laughs> that there were any of those things left for her to nuke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, considering they were just beaten to death with the useless magical girl staff. Yeah. Also... I'm really hoping that we'll get to see Mom's magical girl form, given that it's highlighted in the um, in the credit sequence. God, I hope so. Um, Dad, I'm Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh gosh, just I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, was and references the one punch, uh, one punch man. Like there's, th- oh, yeah, there's the facial expressions. Yes, those are straight up one punch man homages, oh. and I love them. Yes, um, I mean I put a quote down for in episode three that explains this entire thing. No subtlety there. <laughs> like, yeah, I no, love no, no, you. Amb- no ambiguity. I love you. So do you mean Sexually. like an affront- 
I, do you mean like a friend or do you mean like, I love you sexually. <laughs> and the friend does not care, be you yes. male or female. She just loves her. And also, I love the fact that she's like, all of a sudden she realizes that her her dude form has a probably a gigantic elephant sized dick. It's like, I can't wait to show her. <laughs> You've got a rival in me. Well, the, I mean, the monster the, dong. <laughs> that was the thing was the, the, the mental math gymnastics to figure out, hey, I've got giant boobs. When I'm a guy, I've probably got a giant dick. <laughs> and she's happy about this. Well, because she re- she realizes that uh, I haven't watched enough of this to get the names yet. Um, she she realizes that Ore is a straight girl. So, thusly, how is she going to impress her except for looking exactly like her brother with a gigantic dick? <laughs> and me- Saki is actually starting to get a little bit confused too, because she's noticing, oh, they look exactly the same. Yes, Saki is all in. Like she's like, all right, cool, I'm good with this. Oh, and how the brother is kind of afraid of Saki because she kind of like stalks him. Looks at him like a ravenous dog. Who is totally the villain? No, he's not. He was in the bathroom, Josh. <laughs> also, it's because he's gay. <laughs> See, we're of two thought trains on this one. He either wants him to himself, because you notice the squirrel things were trying to abduct him through a portal. Yes. Or he wants him out of the picture because Mohiro-chan is the more popular of the duo. Uh, I mean, yeah, possibly. Um, or yes. Or yes. Or yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Option ep- C, yes. Episode three with the flashback with the flashcards. <laughs> yes. I love the animals, by the way. This way, wolf, hop, hop. This way, squirrel. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is this some magic ancient Magus Bright song? Yes. That, that might be why he's, um, that's might be why that he was singing that weird ass carrots and sellotape song in the, in the beginning of the flashback. Oh, he was because so keep hurt. in mind that if, if we're, if we're gender reversing the tropes, and you know the dudes are the heroes you've got the magical princess who has magical singing powers yep who has to be saved all the time i can't wait for mahira chan in a in a dress because that's gonna (laughs) did uh did did you see how hurt he was when they when she told her told him that the lyrics sucked Yes. He was like, I love, how, I love how they make him express so many emotions without ever saying a word outside of song. Like, it's so good. And step, it's, bow, step, bow, step. That was bow. so cute. <laughs> he looked back eight times at me. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, she counted. Of course, she counted. Wouldn't you? And 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 the friend of the manager, yeah, we saw the whole thing. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Can, can, can mag- we stop and shout out the manager real quick? The magical manager, yes. <laughs> the magical girl otaku, who doesn't care that they're all buff guys. He's just really happy to see a real life magical girl. Right? Yeah. He's oh. like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spread your story. I'm not gonna like ruin your secret. I just want to be around you. <laughs> like, oh, no, and he's his, gonna I... spread their story, just not the way you would think. Yeah. 
well, yeah, he's he's turning he's turning them into idols, just as buff idol magical girls. Girl. Also, those poor women in the restroom. <laughs> yes. So uh, we did get a peek at uh, our first villain. Yeah, common writer. <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to be a bad guy, and we already know who the villain is. He was in the bathroom, Josh. The whole time. The, the whole, whole time. time. Also, who the fuck the was really long? <laughs> How the fuck did she have a live cell phone for feed to a camera stationed above Mohiro's shoulder, pointed at the entrance to a random ass men's room that Mohiro's friend was coming out of? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was coming off of the mascot's uh, cell phone. Oh, because he was watching um, Mojito. So, I mean, obviously he's magical. He can change his shape and disappear. Except I his face. That. that makes more sense. I thought it was coming off of her cell phone. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of camera is she hacking into to be able to see this? <laughs> I picked a four better for you to carry me around, damn it. <laughs> I don't want to carry you around. I'm adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. This is this show is new new anime of the season. Like, I'm just... also, I'm really hoping that Saki's magical boy form can sing. Right. Yeah. Right. He is not the greatest singer. That poor girl. Of course, of course, tit, of course, as uh, as Yakuza calls her, Tits Girl is the is the better singer. Well, she comes from a musical family. Yeah, and she practiced a shitload. Yeah. Well, so did Saki, though. Like, but but she was doing it first was the thing to try and impress Saki. Mm. Yeah, I know. But Saki was still see, They've been singing together for years. You'd think with Saki would have been a, a little bit better. I understand the tropes and everything like well, that. Imagine how she would be if she wasn't practicing. That's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, and also, there's a difference between like, yeah, she would have improved slightly just by doing it so many times, but musical training you also have to train your ear yeah that's true and she clearly has not been doing that yeah it's theory. Why... It's your, what's your theory justin no oh, it's said, said theory. Theory. Oh, I, thought, I just heard i have a theory sorry and like the no first step and the i know we're skipping between one two and three right now because it's like if i, I watched I like i watched episode one twice and then uh, then this last weekend i just binge all three of them together and like so they're all kind of meshed into one in yeah. my head um in the first one where they have the girls sing and then they have the two guys sing and you can tell the difference right there yeah well yeah there's a reason that the guys have gone super mega platinum and the girls are singing on an empty stage in an empty alleyway no one showed up manager is it like a holiday or something no you're just both really horrible <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, manager. At least he's not lying to them, right? <laughs> right. He's being completely truthful with them. Oh, man. All right. So anything else on Magical Girl or you guys? I still don't know what to think about this show. I'm this so glad that we found a non-shonen uh, bullshit show <laughs> for the summer. It's still show, it's shoujo bullshit, just with men. So show ninjo bullshits. Show ninja, shonjo. Show show ninja, go. Uh, it's it, it's still it's show bullshit still, but like it's it's different, and I and that's what we needed. Like I I have not got to watch uh, Love Is Hard for an Otaku yet, 
but I don't know, like I, so I have no judgment on that one. Um, so I, I can't really say anything on it, but like I like the fact that this is separate enough, and also like does a proper di- dissection of what we are watching in the same season that we're watching all of this. Yeah. Also, I will say, like, kudos to the team behind this show because they are putting forth some risque fucking topics for Japan. Oh yeah, like yeah, ab- absolutely. A and they kind of gloss over it a little bit, like um, friend it, tit girls. <laughs> Again, that's what they call her in the anime. Well, it's not. Like, it's not like Kokoro, where I honestly keep forgetting her name. <laughs> um, it, it's. It, they they do kind of gloss over that. It's like, oh yeah, sexual love, but hey, look, there's still a man demographic involved in this. Unlike yeah, just, just the the, uh, the idea of you know quasi homosexual relationships and transgenderism, you do not talk about those in polite Japanese society. Yeah, if you are trans in Japan, your former identity. It's literally a dead name because that identity literally has to die. Yeah, you you disappear and then reappear as new identity, and you don't make any sort of connection whatsoever. Um, unlike Mojito, which is just straight up gay for uh, Ore, like and that I like. Like, there's no, I mean, yeah, there's a female involvement in there, but no, he's like. No, that, you know, he doesn't know that. That's just raw attraction to, ooh, I like this. Yes, yeah, it is raw attraction to a very buff man. And Papa likey. In a frilly Papa skirt. Papa likey. <laughs> and that, that's the thing. Would he like Ore as much in regular guy clothes? Yeah, I kind of want him to show up. I want Ore to show up in, like, tuxedo mask outfit and just to see what, uh, what Mahiro-chan's reaction is going to be. Like... <laughs> Or on the flip side of it, he becomes the tuxedo mask character. But a female version of it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting to see what happens with those idol girls that show up in the the ending sequence. Yeah. Or in the opening sequence. I can't remember. Either way, the orange-haired and the purple-haired idol girls, like, are those extra members of the team? Are they, like, actually going to turn into buff guys? Or are they... Or are they more guys turning into cute girls? Yeah, or are they more here? Maybe Mohiro and um, probably not what's his face because Joy. He's, he's obviously not the bad guy, though. But you know. obviously not the bad guy. I mean, his name is Maybe. totally normal Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it'll be uh, it, it'll be that common writer guy. <laughs> manager. Yes, common writer and manager. <laughs> no, as, as one of as one of the girls in the opening. Yes. Did uh. Did you guys notice that the manager's glow sticks change color every episode? Yeah. I thought that I, I noticed that. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Cause it was red, white, and blue. And then it was uh, red and blue and orange and then red, blue, and very yellow. Like <laughs> theirs don't change. His does. Uh, I do kind of want, I hope that guy on motorcycle pulls out a deck of cards at one point, just because that's a huge thing that people are talking about now is playing cards on motorcycles <laughs> like what is this Yu-Gi-Oh? exactly hey. all right guys uh so we are going to take a quick break 
and then on the flip side we're gonna <laughs> rock your fucking world <laughs> oh boy strap in because this darling in the Franks on the other side of the break Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Remember to support our sponsors, but if you want an ad-free experience, make sure you tune in live Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern over twitch.tv slash geekio show. Oh boy. All right. Holy shit. Things happen, guys. Go fuck you, Ichigo. 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 Fuck okay. Ichigo. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. So Ichigo has been getting a lot of flack. For the past couple of weeks and yes she is she is throwing a wrench in the otp however she is acting completely 100 percent in character and it makes for a really good narrative she is in love with hero she doesn't know how to express that how to re respect appropriate boundaries in relationship how to understand that he does not love her he loves someone else she is young and still immature so she's going to be a little bit selfish because she's a fucking teenager and that's something bit. you have to learn how to grow out of and number three she legitimately thinks she is doing the best thing for him like was brought up in our email earlier she perceives zero two as putting Hiro in danger. So if you love someone and you think, if you think with every core of fiber of your being that that person will die if they go back to the person that they want to go back to, you're going to stop them. You're right. You're going to do what Ichigo did. And so... Yeah, she did play an antagonist role in the story, but I thought that it was brilliantly written and brilliantly executed. Yeah, I, I am I am proud of Darling and the Franks for completely and totally subverting my expectations of an episode 14 obligatory shonen power-up. And that's yeah. saying something. Um yeah, absolutely. We got it in episode 15, but you know there's that. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they, I'm, I'm glad that they did kind of take the separation, you know, did not just go into the, the Shonen Power Up and allowed the characters to develop a bit more on that one. However, and yeah, you're right, Carrie, it is within Ichigo's character. And, I, and from what, whenever you get a rational conversation in the fandom, that's what people get to. They don't like Ichigo for what she did, but they understand why she did it. And, and right. you can... That's completely understandable. I understand why she did it. I don't like the fact that she did it. Also, removing 40% of your fighting force as the military leader is completely ridiculous. Also, and that's not even just including the fact that it's obviously your strongest fighter. You're also alienating your partner, which she's lucky he could get it up at all. Like... <laughs> After watching them kiss, she is lucky that he was able to see, be able to still partner with her. Like, well, and that and that goes back to her inexperience, right? Because we as adults know that, yeah, sometimes you've got to put that shit aside and do your job. But she's what, 14, 15? Uh, yeah, she is. All right, real and quick, real quick. I read I read a bunch of the manga. Don't read Did, the fucking manga. It's garbage. Don't read the manga. Can 
yeah just don't it, it's straight up child porn like i'm not even joking it is legitimately child porn there is a there is a panel where miku is literally fingering kokoro like there's no subtlety no subtext everything that we praise this show about is completely thrown out the window and yeah. it's really bad like i would honestly like to not give it any attention <laughs> Yeah, I just Except wanted her to say, "Don't read it." Yeah, don't read it. And I, I, this is I, one of the few times you'll hear us say, "Don't read the manga, kids." Right. <laughs> so take, what take did? My lesson from experience, the fact that I was, I was watching, I was reading this, and I'm like, "Oh, because in the Reddit, they're like, hey, let's point out how much Eki the, um, the manga is than the than the anime." You know, I think, uh, I think Eki, I think, you know, um, uh. Uh, vampire and rosary or whatever it was called you rosario know rosario vampire yeah rosario vampire and things like that like eki is fine and then like two pages in ichigo completely naked goes yes hero is inside of me what the fuck yeah uh, um, so quick quick there, thing there are some so things. Oh, go ahead sorry oh sorry uh did uh a1 and trigger like read this and like we can do this better they had Probably. to like there had to have been, I mean, you know, Justin told me the pedigree of it, uh, though, like, you know, it's written, it's touted on there as, you know, it says right on there, written by Code Zero Zero. That's who I thought it was like the manga because, you know, Nom de Plure was. Um, so I'm like, that person go fuck themselves. Like, this is, this is real dumb. But like somebody at A1 or A1 and Trigger had to have looked at this and was like, Okay, the the story behind this is really good. Maybe we can unfuck this. <laughs> well, here's what probably happened. Uh, Studio Trigger A1, they were having some drinks, like you do with coworkers in Japan. Yes. So what's the absolute worst thing you ever read? Well, there's this thing called Darling in the Frogs. It's absolute shit. I don't think anybody could make this good. And Trigger, i my beer. Wait, 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 wait. You, you guys are getting the backstory wrong. The anime is not based off the manga. Wait, what? The manga, the manga is not the progenitor of the story. It is a Studio A1 triggered original that got a manga adaptation after the fact. Okay, well then it still sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a, uh, so, and... go ahead. I was gonna say, cause that, that was kind of my first thought was like when they mentioned that there was a manga and this is what it was like. Also, I like how I asked not to give it any attention and now we're talking about it. Um, <laughs> I asked like, is this somebody like watch Darling in the Franks to ad adapt it? And there's is basically the whoever's adapting it thinks about the show what the majority of the people watching it think <laughs> and don't actually understand what it's about. Also, sure, the art is lewd, but it, some of the, like, okay. So I haven't read the manga, but I know what screen caps you guys are talking about with the terrible lines, like, heroes inside of me and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, blessed our, I blessed our Slack channel with that one. <laughs> I, I can most certainly 100% guarantee that a lot of the most lewd jokes or ridiculous lines are fan translation you know, fuckery. Because that's how fan translation goes. If Viz came out with their own version of this manga, I can assure you the translation would be way more conservative. 
I mean, that still does not help the the illustrations though. Like that yeah. that's oh, my yeah. That that's that's Yabuki Kentaro. That's to love rude darkness all over. That's can, Shonen Jump. Can doing. we go back to talking about the good content, please? Yeah, right. sure. That's fine. Okay. The, the, the manga is legitimately upsetting, and I don't think it deserves a spotlight on our show. Yeah, fair. that's fair. fair. Um, so, yeah. Um, and like I was saying, though, um, like, I, I, and you're right, Carrie, it is within, it is, it is within Ichigo's character, but I don't have to like it. <laughs> Yeah, but and that's but that is to me what makes the narrative so good. I had a similar experience with a book I was reading a few years ago where a character I like was making stupid decisions that I hated, but it made sense for the character and that's what enriched the story so much. You have yeah. to have conflict somewhere. It can't all come from Plaxosaurs or from Papa or from whoever. And for it to arise organically like this, because Ichigo is, for all she's really good at fighting, I mean, she's an ace pilot, she is also a rookie. Yeah. And a very young right. one at that. And I, so, she appears younger than any of the other girls in there. Like, I don't know if that is actual true or not, but she appears younger than all of them, except for maybe Miku. Yeah. A lot of the, the Ichigo hate came from the disconnect between viewer and character. Absolutely. Right. We know the whole story, or at least what we've seen so far. Ichigo, all he saw was zero to one legitimately harming hero. Yeah. This is true. And the, the things that upset me most about that sequence of events was one, don't you fucking hurt Goro. Right? Is the best oh. point. Don't you touch a hair on his precious head. He is he is the best boy who absolutely will not be living through this season. He just got that crosshair put on him. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Darling and the Franks official Facebook put him as their focal picture. Uh, so he going to die. And crosshairs, flags raised, horns sounding, DEFCON 1 alert. Yeah, that trigger no, will be thing. pulled. Yes, absolutely. The other thing that really bothered me about that sequence of events was when she's physically stopping him from going after Zero Two when she's being taken away to rejoin the Nines. And, like, that's almost rape right there. She is forcibly kissing him. He is not consenting. She is forcing herself on him. In a very manipulative way. Oh, absolutely. I can be whatever you want me to be. I can make it work. And, and that was so not cool. Yeah, and, and a lot of what Matt brought up in the original email, we'll talk about when we start talking about episode 15. Um, it, but yeah, and this one is obviously, you know, focusing on, you know, that it... And yeah, I mean, I can't profess to be ever been a teenage girl, at least in this life. Um, but I was a teenage boy and I've done stupid shit before like that. And I completely understand. And, but yeah, it adds to the character. It pu pushes things forward. Uh, go proving that Goro can out Koi Wai Koi Wai because he's Koi Wai in a giant pack. Right. Uh, Sorry, we it's like we were we were touting best wingman and Koi Wai. Nope. 
Um, I do want to point out um, a little bit in the email, because it does touch on episode 14 as well, um, which is Zero Two's abusive behavior towards the other squad mates. Yes. And towards Hiro himself. And one thing I love that this series did that other stories do not, because a lot of stories will kind of explain away abuse or, oh, it's okay because it's true love or whatever. And Hiro does not do that. He sees what Zero Two did to his friends and says, right now, you're not the woman I love and walks out. Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't take it at all as Hiro uh, trying to tame her or ty- trying to change her. He wants to, and he said this over and over and over again, he wants to know her better. He wants to experience who she is. He wants to be with her regardless of what's going on. And he's proven that that will even overcome when she is being almost a literal monster. Yeah, and he does have a point in that the adults are kind of thinking that. Like, they want Hiro to tame her, but the adults are dicks. Yes, the adults are clearly evil. I'm I'm really hoping that what will happen, and we have seen, obviously Hiro is the main person, the main driving force in her life because of stuff we got in the flashbacks, but I'm hoping that Zero Two's humanization will come about with a rec- from a reconciliation with the rest of Squad 13 and then becoming a family unit. Because you see a little bit of that with her playing the bathhouse prank and Ichigo standing up to her uh, against the not standing up for her against the nines before shit went down and so i'm hoping that they'll take that route rather than the damsel in distress route because you're right zero two does deserve better than that yeah they they can't put zero two as damsel in distress like that would be it would be such a short shrift of a great character to put her into that kind of scenario I'm pretty sure they're basically just going to subvert it and have Hero be the the boy in distress. I mean, that's kind of what the first episode was. Yeah. yeah. So I have no reason to believe that things that happen in the series, like I don't think there's been a single damsel in distress in scenario in the series yet. Well, Goro. Uh, Exactly. But he's brutal in distress. Um, but I mean, I do, I do see where those concerns would pop up. But what I, what I'm sharing is my interpretation is kind of where I hope the series will diverge from those tropes. It would be nice. Absolutely, uh, and and shout out to like Hiro, you know, admitting that he remembered Mitsuru's promise and Mitsuru just like I, this is not the time or place for this. I've forgotten about it completely. <laughs> But I hope that did bring some closure to Mitsuru and looks so happy when he when he when Hiro told him that he remembered like he was so happy, right? Oh gosh! So we had that episode, yeah. And I do I do love like obviously we as the viewers want Zero Two and Hiro to be together. But I love all of Squad 13 coming around to protect their BFF. Yeah, it's pretty great. Absolutely. It just it shows you how strong the family unit actually is with the with Squad 13. Yeah, with Squad 13 specifically. Yeah, as we get ready to head into episode 15 where we meet the little shit and all of his friends. Which, by the way, 
Did you guys get a look inside their cockpits? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's real interesting. Uh, first of all, the less big thing, all of them have fake horns uh, akin to Zero Twos. Yeah, they're like energy projections. Yep. Yeah. And, looks, uh, looks almost like magma energy specifically. Yeah, and uh, little shit was definitely in the pistol uh, in All the pistol. of the men were in the pistol seats. Yep. Also, the um, their custom Franks looks a lot like budget Sterilitzias. Budget nope. Sterilitzias with Delphinium's head shape. Yeah. We we yeah, got this were... episode went kind of full trigger, by the way. Um, oh yeah. Oh, complete with the kill a kill sequence. Yeah, yeah, did. right. And did you notice? I was wondering why the um, the stampede mode eyes looked so familiar. Then Ketsu's crossed out eye. Right. Yeah. Uh, th- that was actually a pushback on some of the community. It's like, oh, they're just reusing animation, just changing it slightly. I'm like, no, no. no. It's an homage. It's an homage, first of all. And for fans of Trigger who watch all of their stuff, it also makes for an additional layer of imagery because what we're talking about is the mid-season power-up where Strelitzia goes full red mode uh, yeah. there's not a name for it yet the animation sequence calls back to ryuko putting on zenketsu like full power-up mode and in kill the kill that's her owning her female body her female sexuality in darling in the franks it is zero two and hero owning their relationship and coming yep. into their own in each uh, of those situations it's the protagonist's grand entrance onto the stage so to speak yeah we we are probably not going to get back unless we go uh ramp or stampede mode uh we are probably not going to get back og sterilitia like we never got back og senketsu uh after ryoku went you know full uh full power up also um so i'm thinking that well this is obviously pretty obvious the whole Red form is very much akin to the Red Oni yes. siblings that we're already getting in characters for the show, of course. Yep. But, with the uh, blue horn. With the blue horn and everything, so. Yeah. We did lose a plantation and an entire squad. We lost two plantations. Did yeah. they lose 13? No, no, they didn't lose kind 13. <laughs> they, lo- they lost 26 uh, because... Um, the Klaxosaur came out of it, mm-hmm. um, and then one they had they maneuvered one into it to self detonate after at, after at backing least. it up. Wait, I, I thought it was the yeah. Squad Twenty Six that blew up. They did that. Yeah. Yeah. So the Squad itself blew, blew up. up, but then these super layman class tank faced bitch came up from underneath their plantation. Okay, and, and that is why they they Protocol Thirty Two showed up for them at that point. Yeah, they're, they're, they're dead. Yeah, so it's just time to blow up. Like, and then the other one kamikaze the shell. Yeah, which but something that that they said during the episode that made me in, uh, very intrigued was the point where right before that uh, plantation exploded, they said, "How's the backup going?" Yeah, what's the backup? What are they backing up? Are they backing up the personalities? 
probably. personality data of the adults? Are they just going to beam them into new bodies? That's what I think. Oh, and we also get to see what's inside of those crystals that they keep destroying. Thank you. I was just about yeah. to bring that up. Baby Zero Two. Holy shit. No, I don't think are that's... people. Uh, yeah, Klaxosaurs are people. <laughs> so we know we know a couple of things from this is that magma energy comes from those cores probably which is why the klaxosaurs are attacking because yeah. these humans are are humans quote unquote are powering their plantations with liquefied klaxosaur fetus yeah it would be like running a running a city on chicken eggs like hear, hear me out fam hear me out hot take i i think we're getting matrix territory here. Possibly. Like because people being used as fuel. Yeah. We have never seen ape. Just the masked figures. Right. That they all have their faces hidden. Yep. We did have so that one old lady, may, but they may not be seemed... well she wasn't a member of ape was the thing. She was just, She's one just of an adult. Adults. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have some of my own theories that are similar to, but legally distinct from the ones already presented. I'm kind of wondering if the thing in the core wasn't a parasite. Possibly. Because it's it's been pointed out in the previous episodes, like when uh, Zorome was being taken care of by the adult, that she had to set her home healthcare kit to pet mode. Huh. And even that couldn't quite get him the guards that came to take him back to the plant to uh the whatever the hell their home base is called the garden well no the garden was the big one i I don't think they have an official name for for their little nook in the plantation probably um they refer to him as an an infected child when they start talking about uh Hero's rising yellow blood cell count and his sorification. Yeah, we got that dropped. <laughs> okay, right. and we, we've seen that, you know, blue mass thing growing on his chest that was going to kill him that we haven't seen since, but obviously he's going to go blue Oni, but I think that those cores are being converted into the parasites. Yeah, because remember when they were talking about Baby Zero Two, Doctor Franks mentions this one is through and through. This one is holding a human shape better than the others. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I've thought this before, you know, from previous from previous episode, little slips like that. But I am one hundred percent on the boat now that the that the parasite children. And the adults, and probably even ape themselves, are completely different species. Oh yeah, absolutely. I- I'm with you on that one. And just there's so many interesting little things in this episode, like you know the fact that the nines are all male pistol, female stamen, and their units specifically are very proto zero, uh, proto strelitzias. Yeah but they're faceless. They don't have that same sort of personality as the other Franks do. Uh, we get Dr. Franks' first name, Werner. Werner. 
Uh, we get to see that the red suit Zero Two originally wore was a Nines suit. Yeah. And even then, it was a pistol suit, which is interesting. We got that in the first episode. Uh, when she was licking herself and saying she didn't like the way she tasted, she was in the uh, she was in her uh, Nines uniform. Yeah, but we didn't know it was a Nines suit back then. It was yeah. just like, oh, that's just what she wears. Um, yeah, the whole the whole thing with the cores looking like people. Uh, and then the post credit scene. Oh boy. The giant fucking hand coming up out of the ground and wiping out most of Plantation 13. Right. Yeah. Most of it. Not all of it, but most of it. But it also it crushed like it this mountain of a claxosaur. Like just Which had a skeleton, by the way. Right. Yeah. These things had seemed incredibly mechanical up until this point, but have skeletons. They've yeah. always exploded before we saw anything. Yeah, and a, a lot of them have been very insect-like. This one was definitely a lot more... Um, Mammalian? Like, yeah. Yeah, like a giant rhino tank or something. Which one? Which episode? I can't remember the episode, but the uh, transforming one. Yeah. Okay. That that was more more mechanical, like CJ was saying. Yeah. A, a reconfigurator. Um, God, what else? Because a lot happened in this fucking episode. Um, a lot. One thing I one thing I liked seeing was first of all the nines who are you know super black ops special forces, um, acknowledged Squad 13's fighting. Yeah. Right. Um. Plantation 26 asshole actually showed some personality and mentioned that he was glad Squad 13 was there. Yeah. Um, I'm sad we didn't get to see any of the other Plantation's Franks because there were a bunch of Franks units there, but the action wasn't focused on them. You did get to see a dead Franks in the background. True. Um, in the very beginning, when they're, sh when they're showing the, the Squad 13 kids what's going on there, um, you get a camera shot of a dead plantation and a dead Franks and Klaxosaurus just running all over them. Yeah. Um, and then we get to figure out next episode what the fuck the ground crevasse is. <laughs> um, yeah, and what role it plays in humanity's liberation. Right. So you guys, you guys, Goro is best bro. Oh. He is. Really we've, we've mentioned it the whole episode, but like, we're He's actually on that boy. episode now. Yeah, it, it, seriously. I mean, with with all the insinuation of you know sexuality with piloting, hey Hiro, fuck my woman real quick so you can get with yours. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't there, know there's... why he couldn't have just put Hiro in his hand or stuck him in the cockpit with them, but you know, it was probably a powerful because... baton pass moment. Yeah, probably yeah. because he realized that Ichigo and and uh, Zero Two were going to butt heads before anything happened. Because Ichigo needed to see that connection. Right, right, right. She needed to see that the only thing in Hiro's mind was Zero Two. Yeah. Also, Hiro can now pilot with other people, though. I, I don't... In uh, that I, particular what I think that was is... That was emotional. Gone. Emotional unification. Yeah, I, I think that was also her accepting that he did not love yeah. her. All Hiro wanted to do in that moment was get to zero two, however fucking possible he could do it. And Ichigo, all she wanted to do 
was pilot with Hiro. That's all she ever wanted to do. She wanted to connect with him. And so in that moment with him having to pilot Delphinium to get to Zero Two, their goals actually properly lined up for the first time. Their emotions were in sync, not the way Ichigo wanted, but they were. And that was what enabled them to connect. Yeah. And a, a couple a couple little things that I really, really liked in like that leading up to that sequence. Can we talk for a split second about Hero in the test dummy? Right. That was incredible. The, the a damn good moment. Ninja ass moves he was pulling off in that thing that's, you know, basically good for moving cargo and little else. Yeah. With his little boat oar. <laughs> Where the fuck did he get a boat oar? I don't know, but it's just... Like, the, the, the flips, the pole vaults, the basically piloting that thing so aggressively that it broke down and he kept going because that's how badly he wanted to get to her. And then, I can't believe nobody else has mentioned this, but the exact sequence of events leading up to that unification and power-up of Strelitzia. I called you fodder. I called you a monster. We're even. We need to talk about it. Like yeah. an actual healthy relationship between yes. two people that know how to talk to each other. How to, yeah, it's... I've, not, we not both even made mistakes. Let's work on it together. I... I could and, not relate with that scene enough. I loved it so much right. and made me incredibly happy. Yeah, and, and not necessarily even people that know how to talk to each other, just people that love each other and are willing to figure out how to talk to each other to make it work. Right. Yeah, and that's the reason, would, like, that's the main point where I disagree with, like, Matt was insinuating, and, and I'm sorry if I took your, um, if I took your email wrong, Matt, I'm sorry. Um, but like he was assuming that, and obviously the adult intent is her is hero t taming uh, zero two, but like that's the that's the main reason why that's the main point where I would disagree with him on that. Yeah, he knows that she is a wreck. He doesn't know half the shit that she went through, but he is willing to work with her on that. He doesn't want to change her. She wants he wants her to discover who she is. And he this will be there with her. Much bigger than we know. Exactly. He will be there with her no matter what. And that's not taming. That's fucking love. Yeah, like, I, I don't want you to, like, I mean, yeah, you've got to depend on this person, but it's a give and take relationship. Or it, it's, it's a well, compromise. That, that's why they keep making the reference to that, that uh, presumably fictional bird. No, I think that Jian is real. At least um, it's really heavily... Hold on, Jian. But, like, the, I, I want to say that's probably going to wind up being the name of the power-up mode, but... As Jian mode um, or whatever. It's a mythological bird. Okay, yeah. so... It's based on a Chinese uh, double-edged straight sword. Okay, so... When they are making their assault on the Grand Grand Crevasse. It's pretty big. Do you think we can do it? If I'm with you, we can do it together. We can do anything. That's not just looking at the Grand Crevasse. That is the very notion of life in general. As long as I'm with you, we can do this. 
they can see the world. They can yeah, do what like, they set out to do in the beginning. They can be they alive. Can fly. Yes. Also, right uh, after, uh, right after the, the new Sarah Lucia got her face, I, after I watched it again, after like, there actually were a bunch of red, uh, white X's that were coming down. Yeah, the, the pixel tears. For, for <laughs> pixel tears. Yep. Delphinium yep. had a couple too. Yeah, she had a go. couple too. Also, Delphinium, that's uh, that's a helmet, not an actual. Yeah, yeah it's got hair. Are, yeah. are these mechs got hair, baby? <laughs> the mechs have hair Wait, that bounce. The um, hair bounce. That so, what didn't her helmet get like destroyed? And then in the next shot of her, it's back. It got I feel like it was, just, yeah, it was just knocked off. There it were it was knocked off by literally butting heads with Strelitzia. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I love. Um, was it was it Argentea that picked up Goro and was yes. just like really. You had yeah. to do that. <laughs> Not only that, it was both. Can you guys turn off your comms? Sync. <laughs> oh yeah. It was both pilots. Yeah, it was it, yeah. on the actual uh, when they picked up uh, Goro. Oh, yeah, it, it was it, actually yeah, not. Me too. And Zoro talking at the in same sync. Time. It's because those two of any of the others have you know are fully were have been fully in sync more than anybody else, and now then that was reflected in you know. Um, in uh, Sterilitia, with both of them talking at once. But yeah, like this entire episode, whenever you heard Zorame or Miku, they were together. Like they were one voice. Yeah, that was pretty good. I love how the like the super immature characters in any other series would wind up as the comic relief, and they end up being probably the most healthy and normal relationship on the show. Yeah, love it. Absolutely. I'll um, try not to ogle you too much. I don't know how you could. I'm too cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and also, like, and I brought this up with the episode with uh, Zerome and Miku. Uh, it's not like, this is not a, a, to borrow from Rent, I'm looking for somebody whose baggage, baggage goes with mine. Like, this is not a, this is not a caning thing. Like, they're just trying to find a piece of the world together. Yeah, I definitely agree that the adults want Hiro to tame Zero Two. Oh but... yeah, absolutely. But fuck the adults. Yeah, that's definitely the are actual garbage. That's that's not how Zero Two and Hiro are looking at it, which makes a big difference. Yeah, I'm 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 thinking like Hiro, he's quite he's when he was young he questioned everything. Well, that was the everything. thing. We we got a lot of that in episode fifteen when he was. Yeah moving towards breaking out in the, uh, the the training suit was you saw a lot of his internalized dialogue on the screen. You know, yeah. I'm he, fading he away. Said, when did I stop asking questions? Yeah. yeah, why did I stop? Yeah. When when did I stop asking all these questions? Why why did I change? What happened? Now it's just him just trying to get back to where he was. And I, I, I think it was... It, it was really interesting. I think was it in fourteen where we got the drop that his parasite aptitude started dropping after his yeah. incident with zero two. Yeah, yeah. He, yes. he, one of the he's the one of the only one that could actually change his fucking aptitude. Like, yep. And they confirmed it in fifteen because he yeah. men he mentioned that after that happened, his aptitude score test started dropping. And then in 15's flashbacks, when he grabbed her horns and basically went back into her head. You hear the scientists talking about how 
he's probably going to be useless now that he's ingested her blood, but keep him around because he's an interesting test subject. So, hey guys, I want you to take a look at Discord here in just a second. I found the greatest thing ever. Well, Posting. while you guys are doing that, it's it's 11.45, and I've been here the longest I've ever been on this podcast, guys. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> the perfect squad doesn't exist. <laughs> so... All right, Justin. It was, uh, a, it was a it was a pleasure speaking to you guys about anime. I love so much. Have a good night, everybody else who is on and listening. All right, take it easy, dude. Night. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the. Uh, I found a great poem earlier written about Goro, and <laughs> I'm trying to find it again. It'll be in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the perfect squad doesn't exist. It's all. <laughs> I don't. I still don't see anything in the in the Discord, or not Discord Slack. The the other one. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. Oh uh... my god! By the way, when they showed that shot of all of squad 13 posing for hero i was terrified that all of them were gonna get destroyed oh yeah like that that was going to be the last time he got to see them smiling or something like that yeah man we all know what's coming someone or multiple people are gonna die yeah his name rhymes with moro (laughs) i don't know because they they do you think they would pull a uh, Whedon on, on us? No, they're going to pull a trigger on us. This is what they do. Did you not watch Grand Lagon? <laughs> True. But that was like episode, what, 11 that they eight. did that? Eight? Eight. That, that, that's why I got real nervous around episode eight with this show. Right. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was definitely afraid of, uh, of that. Well, if... If there is going to be a death, they have officially made it twice as long. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that's the subversion that they're looking for, though. Like everybody, oh, yeah, we we keep waiting to see who's who's going to die, and they don't actually kill off anyone. Yeah, I mean, like... they killed off all of Squad Twenty Six and Naomi yeah. and Naomi. Yes, <laughs> and Naomi. Yeah, they, they they fucking euthanized Naomi. <laughs> um. We also, I guess they could kill off some of the nines, but they're too interesting to kill off yet. All right, we haven't had enough development of 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 the nines. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be the antagonists at least before we get to the adults. All right, here we go. Our God, bro, who art thou in Dalphidium? Hallowed be thy name. Thy plantation come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in as it is in Plantation Thirteen. Give us our daily zero two, and forgive us our daily hatred of Ichigo, as we forgive those who hate our waifus. Lead us not into thoughts, but deliver us from Papa, who is definitely evil. Amen. That's, Amen. that's not a poem. That's a reworking it's a of prayer, yes. It's a reworking of a prayer. Oh. Which is a poem in its own right. True. Yes, it is a poem. True, it is. But yeah. So it was really kind of cool to see things like the, the, the extra bits of arsenal built into the other Franks. 
we did get a little bit more onto uh glasses chan's one as well like <laughs> holy chlorophytum and the fucking full burst heavy arms worthy beam rifle barrage right and then freaking uh mitsuru's okay we don't have ammo let's use the arms <laughs> like... uh that was futoshi i think Futoshi, yeah sorry i got used to them being in the same one <laughs> Which is great because he's actually using his um, experience in Janista, who can be, you know, cannon fire and up close when need be, yeah. to keep Chlorophytum in the fight even when she's on slide lock. Yeah, absolutely. And man, just I love the development and, like, in general of this fucking show. Like, it's so good. And it's the reason why every show we're like, oh shit, how long do we have to dedicate to Darling in the Front? <laughs> I mean, if it was, I mean, it, it's not even a bad thing that we're dedicating this much time. Also, uh, this is going to be the obligatory reminder. Hey, everybody, we have a trigger panel coming up at MetroCon on June 19th uh, in Tampa, Florida, or July 19th, rather. Uh, come out and check us out. It'll be all about trigger and subversions and inversions and, you know, everything. It's going to be fan freaking tastic we're gonna get more pimping on that here uh starting in may i'm gonna start hammering on that big time but uh yeah we're gonna be at metrocon two panels come check us out also can we talk about how pretty that sequence was with them bursting the uh dome yes that was visually stunning oh absolutely um just everything like all of the animation, especially in this episode, was just, I mean, this would have been like, uh, I, keep I keep having to remind myself that this is a 24 episode season because like it keeps giving these punches that would be a season, it would be a season ending for any other series. And it yeah. keeps bringing them. Yes. The, um, I got like a Gurren Langan vibe with a big giant hand. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gurren Lagan slash uh, Fudakuri. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the th fact that, that, that could have easily latched onto an iron, and I would have been like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this, this it was, was big enough, too. The fact that, uh, yeah. The fact that we got the upgraded Sterilizia immediately followed by that. At the end of the series, they're, they're going to be fighting top of a galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> like, is, is this even a real planet at this point? Yeah, right. Where like, are, like, yeah, are, are, exactly? are they living on a giant Klaxosaur? Yeah. Hey, that could, like, are we, yeah, are we going to go, what is it, Wheel of yeah. Time? <laughs> uh, Discworld, I think you mean. Magma energy is back, blood. Back of, a back of a giant turtle? Yes, that's what I was going for. Thank you. Um, But, but yeah, just, like, especially because the episode was already so fascinating and powerful and tear jerking and blood pumping. Cause like the second they got, you know, that, that whole, you know, we can do, we can work on this. We can talk about this. Like, Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. And then the opening song started. <laughs> theme yes. song power up is so good. And it's weird for this show. Like this show has such a like somber uh, intro theme. Like with Kiss of Death, it does. But it just switched it completely from this like 
kiss of death to suddenly happy. <laughs> yeah, and did you notice the second verse is a duet? Yes. There is a guy voice in there. Uh, I read it's somewhere like that the uh, that the Kiss of Death uh, song jumped up like a shit ton in on the iTunes downloads after the. I am, I am literally not surprised at all. I it's not a, no a good episode before. It was a good song before. <laughs> yeah. Also, you guys. Let's do it. Mitsuru's friend saw him fighting the Klaxosaurs and talking about how they were going to protect everybody. Yeah. You saw her smiling as Argentea went flying past her window. Yep. And then she was destroyed. Maybe. Maybe. She might be in the little sliver that survived. You mean uh, Zerome's friend, by the way? Yeah. Zerome's friend, not Mitsuru's friend. Yeah, Yeah. why did I say Mitsuru? Zerome's friend. Hey, I'm not the only one who mixes up names! (laughs) It's getting late, though, so I think it's about time that we wrap up. But yeah, like I was saying, you know, as part of the wrap up, like the episode was so, so, so good. And then the post credit scene just drove it up to 11. Right. And one <laughs> tiny little thing after that is they are actually taking a two week break. So we're not getting okay. episode 16 for another for a week and a half. Table flip! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so that just drives No, we're bringing the bad news. So the upside is, instead of an hour on Darling and the Franks in episode, in next episode, we're only going to get oh, <laughs> oh, Raul. <laughs> we're only going to have to spend a half hour on Darling and the Franks next episode because we're only going to have one episode to deal with. Well, we, it's we don't be an we episode don't though. Yeah, we yeah. don't know what's coming, so it, we might still take an hour on it. Uh, yeah, remember our yeah, I thought the same thing. The uh, the mid-season break of ancient magus bride coming back and then it's like all right yep okay one episode is all i fucking needed <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's that's part of what made ancient magus bride and this show so great is they managed to give you so much to think about and talk about in a 26 minute show yeah Th- thank you by the way darling and the franks for only giving us the hard shit after ancient magus bride was off the air <laughs> oh my god can you right. imagine four hour rock block we would be doing generic live show on just ancient magus bride and darling and the fronts if this was shit was going on at the same damn time I was, <laughs> my heart could take it do that <laughs> he'd be over there like what are they talking about and why we'd, are we'd they be watching ancient magus bride uh darling and the franks and how to keep a mummy. Yeah, our Guys, cool- where's Josh? He's over the the corner crying and hugging his robots. He's in, <laughs> Darling in the, the Frogs. Um, God damn it. Darling in the Frogs, Ancient Magus Bride, and then um, can you imagine if MMO Junkie was airing at the ta- same oh, time? Oh my god. Like, so yeah, all three of these shows have made me cry on air. So just all of them at once just making me weep openly. <laughs> like Also, also also, what one quick little takeaway from this from this last episode. The ape clearly has a plan for something that they want to be doing. I'm pretty certain at this point Dr. Franks has his own plan. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Without it a question. Very obvious since he was like not leaving at Plantation 13. Like, yeah, it is obvious that his plan is separate than Ape, and I don't know if he is a the good guy involved in this or the bad guy involved in this. I hope he's the good guy. 
I kind of doubt it. I hope so too, but I kind of doubt it. I have a feeling that they're going to do that whole thing where it's like, ah, the evil, the evil overlords get demolished and uh, they uh, they get snoked, and then we have to deal with uh, Franks as overlord. I hope not. I like. I want to like. I want to like Franks, even though what he did at zero two. I think that I think the more likely scenario is that Franks has his own agenda entirely. And for the series so far, and probably a little bit further, his goals happen to align with the protagonists, except for the whole abusing Zero Two, because that shit is not excusable. I, I hope so, because that's the thing about Kill a Kill. Like, you didn't get the actual bad guy until much later. Like, you I were. Keep in mind, Carrie still hasn't finished it, so keep the terms vague. Okay. I yeah. have seen who the real bad guy is. Okay, yeah, you don't get to see that entity for a long time. And everything that you are set up before then is just insanity and an awesomeness, especially once you take the entire thing and hold it all together. It's like a finely woven tapestry. <laughs> and then you get alien talking clothes. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the talking clothes are aliens. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, all right, guys. So yeah, let's thank go ahead. you so much for joining us. Oh, Extra long, Extra long episode, but there's a lot to unpack here. Extra thick. That's all right. Like it. Uh, just like Matt M, you can email the show at geekioshow@gmail.com. Just put anime in the subject title, subject line. Uh, if you want to get in touch with, uh, you can also email us an MP3. Um, uh, 60 second or less mp3 to that as well and uh, i'll force raul to play it on the show uh, <laughs> uh if you want to get in touch with us on social media you can do so as well geek io show pretty much facebook twitter youtube all of the places uh, again you can listen to us live tw- mondays at twitch.tv slash geek io show you can give us a call if you chose to do that as well uh 727-429-4335 that is 727-489-geek uh you can chat with us live on our discord at this uh twitch.tv nope geek-io.net slash discord and you can support this stream and everything that we do on the geek.io network by heading over to patreon.com slash geek.io uh, i have a feeling when i take a hiatus in june uh the outro portion of this uh, of these notes i'm going to come back to and it's going to be like 15 pages much longer <laughs> <laughs> because i only have three points on here because i remember everything else and whoever's taking over this show in june when i take a hiatus <laughs> all right <laughs> oh yeah speaking see of which guys, guys i won't be on the show in june so there's that all right guys we'll see you next time bye bye hi my name is water buffalo and i hope you've enjoyed this key media network production copyright 2018 you see how that works Ah, <laughs> he couldn't handle the Broly! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>